And I just have one question for you. Did they give you your AARP card before or after you won? All right, and welcome back to the Wedgie Podcast. I'm Dan Carlson here with Tanner and Katie. Uh, we had an interesting week last week. Um, big filming week for us oh, out yeah. in out in St. George, doing some some filming for some different clients. Any uh, any stories you want to share from that weekend? There is one. It's funny okay. you should ask. Okay. Because yes, there is one. Okay. Um, we were out there shooting. We were there for two days, shooting for two days with two different clients. It was a lot of fun. Um, one of the shoots we were doing on course, it was the second hole that we were on. So we had just started the on course stuff and this rooster came up out of nowhere on the fairway of hole two of Coral Canyon, this black rooster. And he was not shy whatsoever. In fact, he kept running at us and charging us. And there was four of us out there. We had three carts and... We were running around. We were trying to move the carts up and to the side just a little bit. We're like, oh, if we go up 20 feet, then, you know, maybe he'll chill out and we can shoot what we want to shoot. And he would not leave us alone. I'll tell you what, man. Everybody's big talk that they're (laughs) ready for a fight. When that rooster starts charging, every one of us became a six-year-old It was not shy. It was running directly at you. And it would start kind of slow, like, okay. And then it would get going and, and run at you and it would run at the carts. We were trying to drive away with the carts, and he was just running at us. Well, and this is the part of the story that may not look so good on our part, um, but we had to distract the rooster. Well, yeah, we couldn't. That, we couldn't. The wedge. We could not shoot because it wouldn't leave us alone. And it's not like it was just standing there; it was trying to come like peck us. Well, and so we started trying to throw some food away so that the rooster wouldn't pay attention. And all we had on us were chicken strips. <laughs> And so we're tossing these chicken strips, and the rooster's going off and, and pecking and eating those. So we Might may I have say, I was trying the rooster into cannibalism. I was week. trying my hardest to pull off breading. Uh, let me just say that. <laughs> I can't promise that that's all I pulled off. And then the funniest part was that was at, towards the beginning of the shoot, right? Yeah. As we mentioned, we go the whole rest of the shoot. It goes great. We had a good time, everything. We come back to the parking lot. The sun's down. Yep. It's getting dark. We're done. We're zipping everything up, putting it in the cars, all that stuff. And this guy comes up to load his bag into his truck and he goes, was that chicken messing with you guys too? (laughs) And we were like, yes, were you behind us? He goes, yeah, I saw, I saw you guys out there running around with and throwing food at it. And that's when we told it was chicken strips and all this stuff. But I thought it was so hilarious that that guy from the tea box, he was behind us, had seen us get mixing it up with the chicken and then when or the rooster and then when he got there it it wouldn't leave him alone no, either he said rooster, it was charging him he couldn't hit his ball you wanted more chicken strips <laughs> yeah, must have been it hey those chicken strips are good they, they were, were good. good coral canyon grill did us very well i yeah. think i double ordered both days i went chicken strips they i think were both, me you and isaac and all did the they same hit you thing. with tots yeah instead of fries which which everybody knows. can we normalize tots Legalized it depends tots. on the type of fries, but honestly, tots are better than fries. Like, a, yep. like if I had sweet potato fries or tots, I'm going tots. If I, or sorry, did I say sweet potato? Yeah, sweet yeah. potato. Sweet potato tots would Whoa. be Ooh. sweet potato with a little fries. with a little marshmallow, hot marshmallow in the middle. Could you imagine Ooh. just the packet and just? <clears throat> you know what I'm saying we might wow. be onto something. Never mind. Take that out. Which I don't want them to know Which about ventures? that idea. That's Take the that next out. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we can jump kind of into today's podcast. We've got a awesome guest. I'm really, really excited for this episode. Full transparency, we've already had the interview um, and, and had an opportunity to talk with, uh, with Ryan Riesbeck, uh, 2023 World Long Drive Senior Champion. Um, yep. I don't know, Caden, what can they expect from the interview? I mean, Ryan is honestly, he's a really good friend of ours too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the dude is just witty. He's hilarious, and so he's always got you know, some joke up his sleeve. Um, and honestly, he provides such great insight into the sport. And so you can expect some, some laugh, uh, some laughter, but also some, uh, some real good kind of data and insight into the sport of world long drive. All right. Well then with, uh, well, let's jump into it. Yeah. The the, the grid is clear. The grid is clear. Fire away. There we go. There's your intro. Okay. So today we got a Awesome guest, um, a guy who goes by many titles, so many I had to write them down. We've got father, Uh, husband, Mm. elder, Uh. um, (laughs) 
former, I mean, owner of the PLDA, the 2023 Senior World Long Drive Champion, and then the most important title, the first guest on the Wedgies Podcast, you forgot, Ryan Respect. You forgot Bubba. Oh, and Bubba, of course. Yeah, specifically We wouldn't want to forget that. But Ryan Bubba Respect, welcome to the podcast, <laughs> man. Thanks for having me. You know, I picked up another one in Atlanta when we would stop and... Uh, one of the guys that was dry, riding in the car with us every day to the golf course, we would, he would go to, we'd go to a Starbucks and the lady Chell was her name after two or three days noticed that I was always wearing two hats cause I would have my Callaway hat and then my world long drive hat. And so the, I think the third or fourth day we pulled up and she called me two hat Ryan, two hat Ryan, two hat Ryan. So almost like two face, you got two personalities yeah. and that kind of goes with, I'm always like doing multiple things, I guess. So <laughs> career ADD, maybe. <laughs> well, I think that's a little bit of what we wanted to kind of jump into and, and to kind of learn more about with you is obviously, you know, who you are and what you go. But I think the, the biggest, most recent thing was obviously coming back from that world championship in Atlanta with the 2023 senior world long drive championship. I think that might be a great place to start to, to talk about that. Yeah, what do you want to know? I, I mean, it's been uh, since I started in 2010 competing in long drive. And so it only took me like 14 seasons, I guess, to 14 attempts to finally win a world championship. I mean, it was your first attempt on the senior tour. It, yeah, well, it should be my, my best opportunity, right? If, is the, you know, I'm not going to get any younger as the world you know, goes on. So winning it the first year is probably the best, but I think there's still like in, in my mind and, and honestly, probably a lot of the other competitors minds because Eddie Fernandez was hurt, um, that maybe it didn't mean as much cause Eddie wasn't hundred percent. So I am determined this year to win it again. And mm. I hope that everybody is healthy so that we can, we can have that, uh, that feeling of overcoming the world. Because it kind of felt like I did, but then it was like, uh, this guy. Because Eddie, he beat me twice, the two uh, tournaments before. Uh, in Kingsport on his last drive, he got me, hit a fantastic ball. Uh, in Utah, same thing in the, in the championship round, he beat me. And so for me, it was a success, I think, to, to win the world championship. But I feel like there's, there's something more to keep, keep pushing for. So are you willing to kind of tell Eddie like you're coming for him? Yeah, I want, I want Eddie to 100%. And then, and then I'm going to beat him. I think that's something we'd, we'd all like to see. Like, I know you mentioned those two events before Eddie beating you in both of those, like you, I mean, you guys both had fantastic sets and, and finals in both of those. And so it was fun to watch you both in those. And then obviously at worlds when, when you took him down there. So I think that's going to be a fun duel to watch for years to come. Like you guys both at the top of your games at the age that you're at is, is a lot of fun to watch. And I just have one question for you. Did they give you your AARP card before or after you won the championship? You know, I actually had my AARP card before. The <laughs> Very responsible of you. <laughs> Fantastic. I was planning to take advantage of all the benefits. As you should. Yeah. Very good. Very good. That's, 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 what you do when you, that's what you do when you get old is you plan things out. Yeah. yeah. Benefits. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> I do know that um, just because I'm a senior, I don't get a discount at the Golden Corral, mm. regardless of my championship. Yeah, so they they're a different level of senior different qualifying level. there. Yeah, yeah, that's the cream of the crop. You got to be elite senior level. Yeah, that was the first place I went and tried to get a discount. They <laughs> when they me. said uh, after you won Worlds, and they said you Ryan, you just won Worlds. Where are you gonna go? You didn't say Disney World. You said Golden Corral. Golden Corral. Yeah. Golden Corral. <laughs> well, when you have, I have five kids, right? So when you have five kids, they love the buffet style. The, the, you know, you can just go get whatever you want, and half the time they take three bites and they're like, mm, I don't like that, and then they go get something different. And the lady comes to, you know, service your table, and there's all these half-eaten plates of food, and they're bringing more, and they're over at the chocolate fountain, and, you know, dipping marshmallows and making ice cream. And they so is, they is love that where it. the Riesbeck family Thanksgiving happened? Was that Golden Corral? No, it's only, we only do it like a couple times a year, really. But that, uh, but they love hometown or not hometown uh, Chuckarama. That's, uh, the, oh, that's yeah. a local up Chuckarama. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's another buffet style yeah. that they love. So, yeah, big fan of the Chuckarama personally. Yeah. That's we're nice. not getting that's paid, paid for any of this no, ad placement no, no. either. So no, yeah, if true, anyone's listening. Down. Call us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're still in support of uh, local eateries. Yes. For sure. For sure. 
Well, then I think, you know, you mentioned kind of you got your start there in, in 2010. So you've been competing. I think a lot of, a lot of, you know, obviously context here is, you know, we've been working with you guys on the long drive all season, been helping out with the social media content and a lot of those different uh, media outlets. And I think an early question on for us as we were getting into the sport was, how does someone get into to long drive? And I, we'd love to hear kind of your story of what led you down this path and, and kind of, you know, relating that to other athletes. Well, I'm, I'm convinced that, that the more, you know, the more I do this and the more players I get to know, that it almost invariably is somebody tells them that they hit the ball a long way and that they should try long drive. And, and it's not that most players see it and they're like, I want to do that. It's people have to encourage them to do it. Mm. So I, that was true with me. I played in a golf uh, tournament, just a local neighborhood golf tournament, and some friends of mine were like, "You should go do this." And I, I thought he was my my friend Eric. Uh, he's listening, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he was like, "You really should go try this." I thought he was just messing with me, you know, because he he kind of tends to do that a little bit. And um, you know, I went back and Googled it and started doing some research on it. We went to a sod farm right by our house. And he's, he's a contractor, so he grabbed his, like, measuring wheel and was, like, walking out along the sod farm um, to the end of the farm into the pumpkin patch to try and get to where we felt like uh, we had a decent idea of what the, the distance was. And so I'm, I'm hitting balls, you know, and they're just, like, blown away. And, you know, because most people don't ever – really hit the ball as hard as they can they maybe every now and then they they mm -hmm. they reach back a little bit or turn a little harder back towards the ball and and try and hit it harder but but in you're playing golf you're never really going after it 100 percent. so so i started doing that um it was really a um i've told this story several times but uh just kind of for whatever reason it, it piqued my interest and so a couple of days later, Monday morning, I thought I'm going to go to the driving range myself and hit some more balls and kind of see. And as I finished hitting my, this was kind of early in the morning, I finished, I was picking up my bag and, and walking away, and I see there's another person down the driving range. There's like me and him and two or three other people there, and that was it. Um, and he, he had a big staff bag with probably – 10 or 11 drivers in it. And so I walked up and I was like, Hey, do you do long drive? And it was Jeremy Montgomery. And, uh, he, he said, yeah, I, I am number two in the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, well, that's awesome. You know? And he was doing a photo shoot with Asher golf and, uh, and anyhow, I got his information and he, he talked to me a little bit, but I told him, I said, yeah, I'm driving to, I'm going to go to Albuquerque like this week and and try and qualify and he kind of looked at my equipment and was like you're going with that stuff and it was just like a stock tailor-made burner driver that <laughs> it wasn't even mine it was my friends my friend eric and uh so anyways he he said that he had some equipment so he he kind of hooked me up with some with a driver and so i drove that weekend down to albuquerque new mexico with my brother uh we did a local qualifier which is what most players uh, that's how they get started is they do a local qualifier. You you pay at that time. It was 40 bucks. You get six balls, and whatever your longest drive is is your score. It used to be that you could just, you know, do as many of those attempts as you wanted within that time frame, uh, which was kind of an interesting format. We could talk about that later, but um, it was like a four-hour window or a two-hour window, and, and you were kind of watching to pay attention to what the wind was doing because if the wind changed direction, everybody started yeah. signing up. And if the wind, you know, changed the opposite direction, it was, you know, at a disadvantage to hit. People would try and stop hitting or slow play or, you know, do what they, they could to take advantage of the weather. But anyways, I, I ended up finishing second in that qualifier. Uh, the guy that, that uh, had beat me was a, a local guy and who had qualified for the world championship you know, multiple times. And he was actually just starting in the senior division. He was really good. So I kind of felt good about what I had done. And that lined me up to to go to a regional competition in Denver, uh, which is sub subsequently is the first place I ever met Maurice Allen. Oh, wow. That was his first regional event as wow. well. Wow. Shout out Maurice. Yeah. So, um, Maurice is a friend of the, friend of the wedgies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we uh, – so 
I, I, I kind of followed a pattern there at that uh, that I used a lot, which is I basically would do really well and get to like round seven, and then I would mm -hmm. go out of bounds twice. <laughs> and so I didn't qualify for the world championship in 2010. I attempted again in Texas, um, and uh, same thing, got to like round seven or whatever, went out of bounds twice in a row and was done. Did the they used to do a last chance qualifier mm -hmm. at the world championships in Mesquite where you could sign up do basically a thirty two man tournament in the morning and then there was one and I signed up for both of those got to like round seven OB both times I think again <laughs> and then I signed I, I was signed up for the second one and I think that one I just did terrible and was out in like round three or four just was not doing very well but gotcha. uh, but it was but but I ended up just loving it I I just for whatever reason the you know i enjoy playing golf but there's just something different about smashing a drive pumping it right down the fairway um there's a visceral reaction and it it, it you know catapulted me into this uh wanting to be the world long drive champion and so i i just was almost obsessed with it uh practicing and training and doing anything and everything i could to gain I used to go practice with Jeremy Montgomery. I would just like ask him if I could just come and practice with him. And he was very, he was cool about it. And I would go and watch him and I was just blown away that he could hit a high draw, like, like on command. And so I have worked, you know, a lot, uh, to try and do that same thing. And, uh, it's still, it's a more difficult shot, but I feel like I've, I've gotten, uh, to the point where I can hit most shots with the driver when I need to. Yeah. So, but, and that's kind of my story. Like I, I started doing tour events. I think my first tour event I did was in 2013 in Denver. Uh, my friend Eric and I drove out to that tour event. Kevin Shook, I believe won it as the sun was going down. It was getting, they were running out of daylight. And uh, anyways, I, I just kept doing it after that. Basically been to almost every tour event since that time. And, uh, got to the point when COVID hit that we started our own, uh, you know, golf events company, the professional long drivers association. And, uh, now I work with world long drive in helping to, to run their league and their events and, and just, uh, I just love it. So it's kind of from, you know, start to finish, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Now I, I kind of wanted to dive into what you were saying initially. So obviously you hit the ball far, just kind of naturally, What's like the benchmark so that, you know, viewers and audience can kind of understand that? Like, where were you at speed wise, distance wise, when people started taking note and saying you should participate? So we, um, the t first time I ever really measured was uh, Jeremy Montgomery had a swing speed radar, which was, you can still buy these on Amazon. They're like $95. And for a long time, uh, actually, actually, yeah, it was a swing speed radar, but you face it towards the golf ball so that as you hit the golf ball um, the radar picks up the fastest moving part of the club so he had I was in like the 130s club head and I remember he could get he could get to the like the high 140s and 150 uh, and I I think that's fairly accurate the the problem with that device is that it picks up the fastest moving part of the club so if you shut the club face really quickly it'll pick up the toe which mm -hmm. is moving quick more quickly than the than the heel and so it's not, you know, as accurate as some of the machines that we have now that, that we use consistently. But I was probably somewhere in like the 130, low 130 range. Gotcha. Is where, I, is where I started. And then at that time, like, were you a pretty avid golfer, like playing regularly? Or was I, it just kind of like... I was like a weekend a warrior, yeah, yeah. a hack. Like my uh, friend of mine, Jason Hackett, and he and I were neighbors. We're actually still neighbors. Moved to a different neighborhood and, and, and uh, moved across the street. But uh, he and I would just go walk like nine holes, maybe, you know, five, six, seven times a year. There was actually a time uh, when I was in college, I played, I played baseball at the University of Utah, and uh, some of us pitchers would go play after practice every now and then. And then I probably, probably went like five years where I didn't even play golf until my neighbor, Jason, uh, he wanted to build his own clubs. And so we, he built his, I built mine, and we would go play you know, a few times a year and just walk nine holes and talk about being husbands and dads because yeah. we were both starting but families. I, I just think that's cool because it just shows that, like, you know, you don't have to be a professional golfer to become a world champion, you know? 
uh, it's all about swing. And, and to be honest, like there's tons of baseball players that end up doing long drive. I mean, I know a lot of the guys that, that won just this season, you know, played college baseball or grew up playing baseball. And so, uh, just like painting that picture for the audience that like, it doesn't require necessarily like professional level golf skills to be good at this. Yeah. In fact, what we see a lot of are like in, in Canada, we see a lot of hockey players. Yeah. There's some advantages to the way that hockey players hit the puck, both right-handed and left-handed that helps uh, for them to be fast. So we see a lot of Canadians that are actually pretty good uh, crossover from baseball. And a lot of times they're failed golfers. And if you think about it, there's a huge pool of failed golfers. Sure. And they, what I mean by that is the, the dream is to be on the PGA tour. Right. And there are very few, you know, or live tour now. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, whatever playing professionally uh, as a golfer, there's a very small pool of people that ever attain that goal. And there's thousands and thousands of people that are failed golfers, uh, but that actually, you know, could compete in long drive. And they just have, like I said before, they've never really, uh, you know, gone 100% at a ball. They've never prepped their body to swing as fast as they can and, and hit a golf ball. And you see, you know, like Kyle, Kyle Berkshire, for example, he, he was a golfer growing up, right? And he's the three-time world champion, and uh, he's a freak of nature. And uh, I, I, I've never actually played around the golf with Kyle. I've, I've seen Kyle hit a lot of golf balls. But, I mean, he, if he played college golf for a little bit, I think, at North Texas. And so he had a, a good golf skill set, and it's carried over to long drive. Now this, he's found that he's had, got this ability to, to swing tremendously fast and, and hit the ball uh, in a way that will fly for almost ever, it feels like. Yeah. I, I want to say, too, though, like you've said failed golf or all this stuff like that. We've talked about you don't have to be a – you know, a golf pro to, to play on the world long drive tour. I don't want to like take away any of the talent preparation that you guys do though. At the same time, like we've been to every event this season, right? Our team as, as well as yourself. And it's like pretty awe inspiring to watch you guys warm up on the range and then go to compete and then trying to do some of those things when I get home and on a simulator and stuff like, I want to see what I do compared to these guys. And it's like not even close. It's like night and day, what I can do and what you can do. Right. And like, I mean, I've been playing golf since I was like six or seven or eight. Um, it, it's a completely like, it, it's impressive what you guys can do and how you guys train and, and how you're able to swing the club as hard as you can for hours in a day. Like it's impressive. Yeah. there and, and I love golf. Like, don't get me wrong. Like when I say fell, that's like not a knock on people. I, I just say that because, there's a lot of people trying to do that and, and to not, you know, it's like there's how many kids are dreaming to be NBA well, it's basketball like, it's players. Like 99% right? of the world yeah. is failed professional right. athlete, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, so, but the beautiful thing about golf is you can play golf until you're really, really old. Right. And you can enjoy it. And there's a way for, for you to, to have fun with, you know, you can be a grandparent playing with grandkids. And so I love golf. Um, and, and I would play golf more if I had more time, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, it, it just is a lot of fun. So I, I, I think there's a whole pool of po you know, potential long drivers out there in this world of golf that have just never even tried it. So I'm, I'm yeah. big on people taking that opportunity for sure. and just trying it for fun. Even if you fail, right, at least you, you experience it. Yeah. And that, it, it is a different experience of, of you know, in, like I said, in golf – you know, you're, you're trying to put the ball in the hole. And so you have to be controlled and your timing has to be mm -hmm. good and you, you can't lose focus and you can't over focus. There's all these things you got to chip and putt and have all this touch, but to just swing at something a hundred percent and, and then like connect and do exactly what you're trying to do with it is it's a great feeling. Well, so. and that's kind of where I was going with that, you know, set of questions is, you know, obviously you don't have to have the, the golf skill set necessarily, but what you guys do is extremely analytical. It's extremely detailed. It's you, you know, it requires an extreme level of, of athleticism. So, like, I just kind of wanted to talk about that because you you said uh, how your friend could hit a you know high draw on command, swinging at 150 plus miles an hour. Just talk to us about like, you know, what what does a a long driver have to do with you know your hands and swing speeds and identifying the conditions? Like, that was one thing that for us 
I know for me, it was like really, really impressive when we came into this, the sport was like just how analytical you guys were about everything, right? The, you know, the way the, the grid is shaped, the way the wind's coming, the humidity, like all that type of stuff. Um, I, I think a lot of that goes unnoticed and there's a lot of people in the audience that don't see that side of long drive. Yeah, definitely, you know, if you're just watching it on TV, you're like, this. all these guys are doing is just swinging yeah. as hard as they can and mm -hmm. praying to hit it. And when you when you experience long drive, the, the first thing I would say is that you're under a time element, and so that adds a little pressure to it. And then there's typically other people on the tee box. And so there's a, there's a, a short competition time frame that in and of itself messes with people mm -hmm. yeah. as far as, you know, being able to control your body, like, you, you know, practicing on a driving range and then going out on the golf course and all of a sudden you don't have this wide expanse of a driving range. Now you have this tight fairway yeah. and, you know, you're, it, it puts a little different twist on it. And that's what long drive does. It amps up that pressure. And so you have to be able to control your body under that pressure, which a lot of times people never get in those pressure situations. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it's kind of exhilarating to be honest with you. There's an adrenaline rush and it, it sounds kind of silly. You're like, you just put a time clock and a couple other guys on the tee mm -hmm. box. And now all of a sudden you're talking adrenaline, but it, it really is. You're trying to perform something at a really high level. And it, it just, it brings out this, this, uh, you know, like I said, visceral reaction of, a physical, biological, you know, whatever reaction that that you know creates some some adrenaline and it gives somebody something that they just don't get in their everyday mm -hmm. life. And so it really is is a lot of fun, even like if you're terrible. And and some people never you have to learn how to perform under pressure and and control your body. And I and I, I keep saying that, but it's I, until you do it, I, it's hard to explain it, right? But, but I think every like every golfer knows the feeling of like yeah. piping a drive straight down the middle of the fairway, right? And like, yeah, obviously that's what everyone's after. But you you know you take that, multiply it by x amount. You got people cheering for you. You got you know competitors next to you. So, like I, I you know I've never hit on the grid. I don't know what that feels like, but I do know what it feels like to hit you know, a square ball straight down the middle of the fairway and the yeah. feeling that gives me. So what with the element that you're adding to it is think of like this. Now, if, if you, let's say you had a putt, like a 10 foot putt for a million dollars and you had all day to think about making that putt and you have people talking to you about making this putt, right? When you stand over the top of that putt to make it, are you going to be tight? <laughs> are you going to be loose? Mm. Are you just going to be like, Oh, this is like, any other 10-foot putt, I've uh -huh. putted on. No, you're not. You're going to be thinking, like, there's thousands of people watching me on TV right now. Or yeah. there's, yeah. you know, uh, this is a, if I make this putt, this is a life-changing putt. It's, it's like adding that kind of pressure, even though that's not the money that's on the line. But it's like adding that type of psychological pressure on you in this time element with other people doing the same thing around you. And so it... it it just is, it really is a lot of fun. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's a, uh, it's an experience that people do it and they come back. Like you'll see people will try long drive and they're like instantly hooked yeah. and they were terrible. Mm -hmm. They're like, guys, oh, we've, we've, we've seen put it. balls in play. Yeah, we've yeah. seen it. They're hitting balls yeah. like they're in the, like two streets over in the neighborhood, right? They're putting balls through some of those but, signs. But you come back to the next <laughs> event and there's this guy and he's flown across the country. Yeah. On his do, own dollar. On his yeah. own dollar well, to and, do and this again. <laughs> I think part of that too is like, I mean, you got a lot of past athletes, right? Like maybe a lot of guys played football or baseball or whatever in, you know, college or up to maybe some pro levels. And it's like, how many times can like a 45-year-old guy get that feeling that they had when yeah. they were playing football in high school or in college, you know? And so I think long drive is unique in that sense that like it is an opportunity because it is golf-related the longevity of, of playing in the sport is so much longer than some other, you know, yeah. competitions. And, and the benefits are, are pretty like for me, at least, you know, I started working out before I started doing long drive because I wanted to eat whatever I wanted to eat and not gain weight. Yeah. Sunday, so Sunday dinners, as you yeah, told us before. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I gained five, five pounds, pounds every weekend, every <laughs> Sunday from Saturday morning to Monday morning, somehow five pounds. But, um, but like, like what's, great about something like long drive 
is you can do it into, into your later years, right? And it gives you motivation to train. It gives you, uh, like, I play better in long drive when I play a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. So it, there's kind of a dual benefit to your golf game and your health, and it, it's it's fun. So to me, I think everybody should be doing long drive. <laughs> They're <laughs> going to be better golfers, and they'll be better. There's yeah. a reason to go work out and, and, and work on your body and train. And, you know, who doesn't benefit from being outside and on the, in the grass and the fresh air? It's yeah. Great for well, and unlike the PGA Tour or something like that, you don't have to go to Q school to compete in, a, in, a, in an event. You know, you talked about local qualifiers. You guys are all over the country every year, yeah. as we saw last year. You know, you'll be doing the same thing again this year. Like, people can come play it, right? You said back in you your day. You can just sign up. Yeah, yeah, it was 40 bucks. It's a little more now because there's inflation and stuff like that. But, like... <laughs> It is an accessible sport, and if it's something that anybody that's listening wants to go try or dabble in, you don't have to be the best in the world. You can still go up on the grid and, and no. compete and get those feelings you're talking about. Right. And then you can see you know, market improvement yeah. pretty quickly. Like I've seen guys, like the, I, people will reach out and say, you know, I'm at this swing speed right now. You know, how much could I improve? And then you tell them, well, almost everybody starts out at like 125 or 130. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can probably gain ten miles an hour in six months of just swinging harder, just yeah. swinging yeah. faster. Well, I was seeing something times that, a week. that Kyle was uh, Kyle Berkshire gave. I think it was a lesson to oh, I can't even remember. Anyways, I just remember one of his tips was like, if you want to gain speed, literally go to the range and swing as hard as you can more often. And like he said, yeah. that was one of the ways that you can like exponentially grow your swing speed, um, which is something I never do. But like it's something that anyone you're usually can taught the opposite. Usually, yeah. when I yeah. go to lessons, they'll tell me you slow down, slow Swing down, 80%. slow down. And yeah, when you guys go out there, it's speed the up, speed opposite. up, that's, speed up. But that's not what they teach junior golfers now. Yeah. They've realized that there's a window, and it's different for boys and girls. But there's usually a window from like 10 to 12 or 11 to 13 years old where you start to develop your fast twitch muscles. Uh-huh. So you'll have like a lot of the the. Uh, coaches or PGA professionals that that teach these young kids they just tell them to swing as hard as they can cuz if you can develop that early on you can you know gain yeah. control of your speed your swing later yep. but if you miss that window you just don't quite get there and so. that's the skill set that you see a lot of guys like Tiger has that skill set Rory McIlroy has those skills that you know in the in the professional golf game where they have that fast switch muscle where they're not showing up the most jacked guy on the course that day. Yeah. I mean, but Tiger's they, looking pretty good. I mean, right now, Recently, Tiger does yeah. look like a, a behemoth. But re- the thing is, is you have the, yeah, you've got that specific set of muscle skill set to be able to to do that motion and to get that speed. So that's, and, what's, that's what's cool to yeah. watch. Yeah, and, and that's kind of another question that we wanted to talk to you about is like, obviously you started in 2010, right? What what have been like the the evolutions of the game that you've seen and like what do you see as being like, you know, these are the top two or three things that guys these days are doing that's just going to take the sport to the next level? Well, the training, I would say a few things, training, coaching, and equipment. There's mm-hmm. there's probably been... Seems uh, like there's more of a market for that direct kind of training, right, for that skill set. Yeah, so players, you know, as time has gone on, I think it used to be, you know, let's say 25 years ago, it was some of these guys that were golfers that could really hit the ball a long way, would uh-huh. get together and have competitions. Right? They would, the Remax World Long Drive Championship started that, you know, bringing more people into it. But it was definitely had a kind of a golf focus. And as it's kind of become a sport, a standalone sport on its own, you're seeing uh, a lot of training specific to speed. And there's been a lot of uh, advancements, I guess, in learning how to train uh you know, it used to just be like, hey, let's go lift some weights or something, right? right. And now, you know, you're seeing a lot of things where people are doing uh, like a lot of plyometrics. Uh-huh. They're doing a lot of, you know, rotational yeah, exercises. Yeah, mobility and things yeah. like that. Right. Um, I mean, I saw a guy talk about um, snowboarders in the X Games and how they were doing box jumps. Mm-hmm. And they were jumping on the box and then back off the box to catch. So they would have both muscles exploding and then... You know, landing. Yeah, with concentric, concentric and eccentric, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so things like that. And so I think you start to see, you know, these trainers recognize there's a huge pool of, of potential clients in golf 
that they're trying to get them to learn how to rotate and 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 do it quickly and for their health, but also to hit the ball further. I mean, it's unbelievable how many people out there, especially as you get older, you you can't uh, turn as well. You're not as explosive, mm -hmm. and you want that back. And players, you know, want to do that. Or if you're young, a lot of times, you know, it's an ego thing, right? Mm -hmm. You want to just hammer the ball and. And so you'll see that. The other side is technology. When I first started, it was almost, uh, you know, like a, I don't want to say a badge of honor or whatever, but it was kind of an ego thing of, you know, I swing like a triple extra stiff shaft. Yeah. Quadruple extra stiff mm -hmm. shaft. And, and people are like, whoa, that is so unbelievable. Because that's what people would do is when you were a normal golfer, they would go fit you for clubs and they would say, well, you're fast, so you need this stiff shaft. So right. it was like, you're really fast. You need a really stiff shaft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're crazy fast. You need a crazy stiff shaft. And but now what we're seeing is the trend is to go softer shaft. You swing the softest shaft that you can reasonably control and put balls in play, mm -hmm. because you'll be able to swing it faster. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a technology thing that that even like four years ago, that was kind of when that started happening. You saw that um, players. Started. I mean, I saw a player who switched like the day before he was supposed to hit at the World Championship because on the on the driving range, he somebody said, "Here, try this shaft," and it was a softer shaft, and he was like four miles an hour faster. Wow. So he switched to that shaft to gain that advantage, and then he was terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> a hard was, switch. Yeah, because he yeah. was not used to swinging mm -hmm. a soft shaft, and yeah. even myself, this the shaft that I'm swinging right now is taking me four years. To figure out. And, yes, and I've tried to go softer. I even practice with softer shafts to try and go to the extreme and get used to the shaft that I have now. And I, the shaft I now have now feels like a, a normal shaft. When I go to the stiff shaft that I used to swing, I just feel like I can't even – it's like yeah. a workout yeah. just hitting like 10 or 15 balls with that shaft. Um but there's a balance because I, you know, the other side of that is I feel like I gained my speed swinging those really stiff shafts. That's what made me faster. With so the, yeah. in my training, I shouldn't even tell people this. <laughs> in my training in, in, now, I swing stiffer shafts and then I'll swing softer shafts. I have a, a, a regimen of where I'm working on tempo of my body and then other times I'm working on like the, 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 explosiveness of the swing to try and get that stiffer shaft to see and that, that's what i was saying earlier like look how calculated that is right like yeah. you're switching shafts regularly in your training well, you look at the bag he's got sitting right here next to us <laughs> it's how many crazy you yeah <laughs> you get four so, so that right there that's, that's i have to throw a shout out to two people my coach bobby peterson the one-stop power shop and then jason hordesky and i'm going to throw out brock kaufman to a callaway and john Lenarski. they're they're uh those guys but the equipment, the equipment that um, that Jason Hordesky has developed with Bobby Peterson. Bobby Peterson, a lot of people you may not know him. Check him out. OSPSGolf.com is his website. Um, he's got a flat top haircut. That's how, he is. <laughs> That's how you recognize but, him. But he is. Uh, we we call him the mad scientist. He loves testing anything and everything. He'll try it. Uh, he's kind of the one I think that's pioneered the softer shaft. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and honestly, Kyle Berkshire is his first kind of student that I Guinea know pig. of. Yeah. That, that said, let's go to this softer shaft and see what we can do. And to Kyle's, you know, credit, the shaft that he won with a couple of years ago or a few, a few years ago is the same shaft he won with this year at the world mm -hmm. championship. Wow. So, you know, the, the like tech, the exact same shaft or same, the spec? same model, okay. yeah, the same model, the same, basically the same specs, um, you know, so you see that advancement in equipment that's helped people to get faster, but people have, people have had to train more to get used to like for my, my, myself as an example, right? I've tried that shaft back in 2019. I tried that shaft in like three events and I just threw, I was like, I'm done with this thing. I can't do it. <laughs> It, it's not working for me, and now that's my go-to shaft. But I like I literally I remember being so mad that I spent money to fly to Atlantic City for a televised event, and I was absolutely terrible, mm. just a horrible performance on my part. And I blamed the shaft, you know, and it, I just I wasn't ready for it in competition. Yeah, it's not the plane; it's the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it really was me, but I was like this shaft. <laughs> You know, but Jason Hordesky at, at Patterson uh, Kinetics, 
I mean, he's developed, you know, some really great equipment that, that lasts. Like I see people breaking other yeah. companies' shafts and, and I think I've, I think I've broken one shaft in like five years Jeez. of Patterson. Wow. I mean, like I on just, purpose or in, in <laughs> just, and, uh, just from them wearing out after, gotcha. and, and it was, and sometimes I think it's maybe happening in travel. I don't even think it's happening from um, hitting the yeah. ball. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, you know, Jason Ordesky is such a good guy and, and such a great supporter of long drive. Um, and then Callaway, for example, I hit a Callaway paradigm, I hit a Callaway Epic Speed as well. That's kind of a uh, one of the driver heads I use. But Callaway has been so awesome in in promoting long drive and supporting long drive because as players get faster, this equipment breaks down faster. Faces crack, and they've developed a a club face that that you know just stands. I think I cracked two or three last year mm-hmm. of, and I don't even know how many tens of thousands of balls i hit last year so i mean it's it's a credit to them uh and the technology the product that they they've produced so well i mean and that's and that's kind of as we're kind of wrapping up here um because i mean we could talk to you no no no. we could talk to you all day (laughs) keep this going but um obviously you know you're talking about all these all these advancements that are happening on the tech side on the athlete side you're talking about the brands that are getting involved you've got a unique perspective in the fact that Yes, you're a competitor, one of the best, uh, you know, for years, but also you're on the business side of this. You're involved with having actually ran the PLDA and ran that league to now being involved with the current league, which is the World Long Drive. Where do you see the future of long drive? What's next for this sport? Well, I think you're going to see a lot more televised events and coverage this next year. And and I'm hoping that what that does is will help to spark interest in people coming out and competing because I have a, I have a, a vision and a belief that, that everybody should be trying to hit the ball further as they play and practice for a number of reasons, but I just see more people getting involved. And when, like I said before, when somebody tries it, they end up loving it. Right. We had our own little yeah. competition <laughs> with the three of you. Right? Yeah. And what did you, what was your thought of that? I mean, tell me what you guys experienced. And we were having a good time with it, right? We were sure. having fun. But still, like when you're you're like, all right, let's have a contest. So you can hit the ball for this. Well, my other than the fact that I showed up car sick to the to the event, <laughs> oh, preparation. <laughs> he didn't say Pre- preparations. Preparations important, as we've been talking about yeah. for these last few minutes. No, I think the main thing that I recognized, the main thing that stood out to me when when we did it, and again, ours was you know, just us, we were having fun. It was a good time. It wasn't televised, any of that stuff. Getting up on the tee box and looking out and seeing the flags and, and the size of the grid and everything like that. And knowing that people are watching you and I'm trying to hit it as far as I can. I'm not trying to put it in play. I'm trying to hit it far and in play. That put some pressure on me already. And it's just us sitting there. Like it is a different mentality and there's different thoughts going through your head. And I was like a little bit nervous on those first few. I think I like topped which the is first funny because there's literally like five people watching. But it's different because it's, it's somebody though, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, and you're not looking at a hole. You're not looking at bunkers and stuff. You're looking at flags on the side, and I'm trying to go as far within that area as I can. <clears throat> and I don't usually swing, try to swing as hard as I can. So definitely different mindset. And I'm like, I want to beat him. I want to beat him. I want you guys watching to think yeah. that I know what I'm doing. That adds some pressure to it. That's how I, I felt. think. I think. I mean, for me, like I'm a super competitive person, so I'm always looking for opportunities to do that. But I think what was different is like I, Tanner and I grew up playing a lot of like UJGA events. We played in high school, same with Dane. And for me, like I always remember that first tee was like the most nerve wracking. Yeah, totally. But you had, you know, 17 more tee shots to to bring it back. It's a long game. So I knew that if even if I shanked one, you know, off the hosel or something off the first tee, like I could still recover and make par or bogey on that first hole. And then the rest, you know, nobody's else, nobody's watching. Yeah. Whereas this was like you had only a set number of, of of mistakes that you could make or else you're out. Yeah. And so I think that did add a different sense of pressure. And then obviously like I just love any opportunity to to try and best my friends. So and he did, yeah. for the record. I did. He did. He did. For the record, he did. <laughs> he so did. It has to be said, but he did. 
I'd like to do it again, though. So yeah, I mean, and that's the big thing I was gonna mention right? is it's like I walked off again having lost, and I was upset because I think it was only by a couple of yards. It was a pretty close little yeah, finish. It was, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that little close finish, it was like, oh man, I know. Because the thing is, we did it in multiple rounds, and in the earlier round, I had had one that was further than any of us ended up doing in the final round. And I was like, "Oh, I know it's in there. I know if I go back, if I change this, like, yeah, I, it was on my mind probably more than it should have been for how just kind of <laughs> funny and jokey it was." But mm -hmm. that's that's where I think it was. Uh, well, and the original exciting. the original plan was for us to do that first competition, and then have a few sessions with you. And see if we could get faster, see if we could get straighter, and then do it, you know, a couple months down the road. Obviously, everyone just got so swamped and busy with with uh, their things. But I still think it'd be really fun to to do it again and, you know, have some training tips from the great Bubba. Give it, give us uh, another <laughs> chance. So Well, and I have one more question before we're done. Um, we've, we've talked a lot. You've been around the sport for a long time. You've been involved in various facets of the sport as well. Like, I, I don't think on the competition side, there's probably anybody that knows the sport and the league better than you do. You've been around there a long time. What is, in all your years and all your experiences, what's maybe one or two of, like, the strangest or funniest or unique experiences that you've had during your time with, what stands with out? the sport? With, well, you see, I, I'll tell you, time. that's podcast be, appropriate. Yeah, because <laughs> well, because there, I mean, I, I would say this, because there is like an open to anybody opportunity to show up we see some really you know i don't know strange or unique yeah. people show up and when we were i th i believe it was in canada at the port rowan it event would be canada yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, we had this guy show up and he he honestly he looked like a hippie like he <laughs> Long hair. Or was this this year or last year? No, this is like like five or six okay, years okay. ago, and uh, maybe it was 2019. And there's a video of this out on on social media. You'll see it. But this guy shows up, and he is he is like winding himself up in the swing, and then he goes the other direction and hits the ball. And he's got long hair, and it, I would have thought it was like some just some guy just goofing off. No, this guy was serious, serious there. And he was trying to hit the ball. And he actually was hitting the ball down the fairway wow. doing this. Uh, he was kind of a tall, thin guy. You, I mean, it, it's it's out there. It kind of went viral for a we'll little, have to little while. Um, but, but that was like, we were just blown away by, by this. And some, some of the techniques like that you see people to try try to hit the ball further, uh, you're, you're just blown away. You're like, this is comical almost. But they're serious. And so I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to make fun of people or anything, but sometimes <laughs> right. you just you see some unique. But I will say this too: like when Kyle started doing his rock step thing, everybody was just like, "What is going on here?" And then he like wins, and they're like, "Oh, well, yeah, shut maybe, him up real quick." Maybe, maybe, yep. maybe this there's there's something to it. So, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of. There's some fun stuff that happens after events or the night before. You know, like when people come into town. So I don't know because what, it's it's such a close knit community I yeah think, it is like people don't necessarily see that on tv right that like you got a lot of you guys are like rooming together or you know you're getting dinners pretty frequently together train together after and train together yeah. that's so. something that i actually tell people to do is to find a friend to do it with because it's much first of all it's much more fun and then you know to have somebody to train with you can work together and the one person can observe what you're doing yeah and they pick up tendencies and what i end up doing a lot is videoing myself and then I have to look at the video because I'll practice and I'll just be terrible. And I'm like, what am I doing? Then I'll say, hey, hey, can you watch? Can you video me while mm -hmm. I hit? And then I look at the video and I'm like, duh, that's what I'm, I can see it right there in my yeah. video. But sometimes you can't feel it yeah, when, no. you're, when you're doing it. So, and it's just a lot of fun. Like, the, like I enjoy traveling now. I didn't travel a lot before, before I started doing long drive, but I, I love traveling and I love, you know, hanging out with, and I don't want to break any bro codes or anything of stuff being on the road so i don't i don't you know but i mean they there's a there's a lot of fun stuff that happens during events and after afterwards at, at uh, the restaurant or wherever yeah. you may be yeah. afterwards so well i, I guess, guess if people, people want to see or hear more they just got to come out yes they do they need gotta to come, come out. out to the events and see what it is and yeah, yeah like we like we said we had a blast throughout this last year being involved in long drive and being able to participate heavily in the sport from you can watching as a fan as a spectator but also kind of being able to take those photos and those pictures out throughout the year so 
Um, can I can I say one one more thing? Because we talked we talked about the technology equipment uh-huh. and then the coaching and the training. But one of the things of technology, and this goes back to kind of what I see in long drive in the future and what I'm hoping for, is I'm I'm hoping for more technology that will allow the gamification of long drive, and and that is you know if you go to a driving range right now and there's a top tracer. Mm. right you can now see your numbers you can see the ball flight on the screen and you can get a projected distance and things like that i'm hoping that that continues that there's more like in this facility we're in now we're in an indoor facility and there's a track man sitting in front of us and i'm hoping that this continues to to gain in popularity and that eventually we're doing uh, we're doing maybe indoor tournaments somewhere yeah. like in Las Vegas at a yeah. hotel convention center. In, in and the sphere. Yeah. And, and you know, like <laughs> for me, cool. that's what I, because if there is a demand, if people are doing it, it's like pickleball right now, right? How, there is some real efforts going into growing pickleball. And I think yeah. we could have a similar thing in long drive if we have the, the right scenario for, for anybody and everybody to be able to compete uh, that to me is something that I think would would really catapult the sport moving forward because it's a lot of fun and it's it's fun working at it. You know, the, the journey is is worth more than the destination a lot of times, and I think that long drive has that ability to to have a great journey along the way. Yep. So totally. Final words. Those those, and they're good final, final words. And I think, like we said, we we appreciate taking that journey, and we hope that. You know, people who are listening who maybe haven't yet picked up on the long drive scene or maybe haven't given it the fair shot because of stigma or whatever it might be to give it that opportunity because it's it's awesome and we really appreciate it. And, and of course, we appreciate you and your time. And hopefully this is a recurring a recurring opportunity where we can kind of talk to you more about this and maybe catch up with you next season as you're going out there and uh, as you promised, taking you, down Eddie Fernandez. When you win again next year. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and bring the belt next time. I, <laughs> you would think you would have think you would have thought that I would have remembered to ring the bell. So, uh, congratulations on this, guys! I'm excited for you because I I love long form, you know, content like podcasts, and and I think you guys are going to do great, just like you do with your social media marketing. Um, it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's good to have people focus specifically on golf to help uh, to help bring it to the masses because there's a lot of you know, you guys have a certain uh, personality and flair that I think people can relate to. So I think you're going to do great. Thank you. I'm calling it, right, calling it right now. Wow. Dang, I'm getting that put in the pillow. Like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Bubba Riesbeck. There we go. Ryan Bubba Riesbeck. We'll cut on that.